Hey, this is Gerd Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love. Inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to the Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Handel and today I want to share with you somebody who is an academic in history of American women, gender and sexuality. Today is going to be an interesting show. <laughs> Carrie Pitslow is a tarot reader and the founder of an ancient magic modern living spiritual self-empowerment program. She was a professor for 17 years and now helps women to unleash their magic and create lives that they love. Hi, Carrie. I'm so grateful to have you on the show and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm just excited to share your journey and I'd love you to share what your life was like before you had your awakening. Oh, my goodness. Um, I would say, uh, you know, that I had a spiritual awakening in... 2013 but sort of the inklings of it were always with me that mm-hmm. is the sort of aspects and fascinations that have defined this awakening for me um fascination with spirit endless curiosity and drive to learn about what i would call mystery the universe the cosmos spirit intuition those interests had always been there, but I didn't know that they were kind of a formal path, a path Mm -hmm. that has come to really define my life since this awakening. And so before that, I thought that these interests were just sort of quirks of my personality. (laughs) You know, people would tease me because I believed in ghosts. for (laughs) And then eventually I realized even before my awakening that Literally, if I believed in something like ghosts, which had always been like my favorite thing, um, that did hint at a spiritual path for me because it meant I believed in an afterlife. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, if I believed in an afterlife, what else did I believe? What else was out there? If, you know, if, if souls could live on after death and even visit us, but this was all just sort of, you know, sort of interesting quirks of my personality. Um, And I would say before this awakening, I had a very kind of practical, you know, which is what which is called mundane kind of life, you know, (laughs) it's sort of really focused on the here and now normal earthly life. Um, I was a very anxious person, very type A. Um, I was an academic focused on that as my career. Um, and a lot changed. Well, really, almost everything changed after I had this spiritual awakening. Wow. And what was so I guess you were kind of like living in the spiritual closet before, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, maybe it wasn't even so much of a closet. It was kind of like a fog. Mm-hmm. Um, I had really been interested in spirituality and had been seeking a formal path. I felt like I needed that structure. I felt like I needed a label. Um, <laughs> you know, what is my path? Yeah. What is my spirituality? Who am I? And I had been searching for several years up until that point. I had 
dabbled, and I don't mean this to sound disrespectful to any of these traditions, but it really was just sort of dabbling um, in Hindu chanting. I had attended a few um, Quaker meetings. Um, I, I was kind of going down a list, like, what is this religion like? What is that religion like? I had, um, I wouldn't even say I dabbled in Buddhism, um, but I had an occasion to visit a Buddhist temple one day. And literally Buddhism had been on my list for a while to check it out because I thought, well, maybe that's me. Um, and I went to a Buddhist temple and within minutes I said, nope, this isn't me. I'm sure this is lovely, but this isn't me. And it was that day I discovered that I am a witch and I am a pagan <laughs> and I am um, an earth-based spiritualist. It was literally that day because I started Googling when I got home from the Buddhist temple. Wow. It was that specific and that abrupt. It's interesting you were just saying about like how you were dabbling. I think a lot of people when they're like lost or they're trying to find themselves kind of dabble into so many different things until they have that, like you said, aha moment of what you're here to be. Um, And I really understand that because I feel like a lot of people don't really understand. So for example, with Hindu chanting, they don't understand the meanings behind it fully, but they're doing it, but they're not really knowing what the meaning is um Mm -hmm. and the same with like so I grew up in a Sikh background so Sikhism has been something that I grew up with but then there's all these like different events and things and like they're claiming that they're following Sikhism but they're not and it and it's like you see what's happening is that they think that's the right way but actually you need to find the path that works for you it's not about running into things it's learning parts of things that you need to learn from each place but actually finding what works for you. Like I'm, I would say I'm spiritual more than anything else. However, mm-hmm. I do have certain belief systems from what I grew up with because it's, it's all about peace and love and acceptance. And that's something that I'm really strongly about. Um, but I understand what you mean. Like you go to all these different places, like you try all these different healings and you're like, ah, what am I? Who am I? And then it's that one thing where you're like, ah, oh, that makes sense. Yes. It brought it all together. My belief in ghosts, my vague urge to mark the winter solstice, but I didn't know how to do it. Mm. Um, My feminism, everything. I was like, that's me. It all comes together under this label or under this umbrella. And my life completely changed literally on that day. So it's almost like you had to dabble in something you didn't know about to come back home to yourself. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Wow. Wow. So what happened after that? You know, you had this awakening, you like realized that you're a witch. What, what happened? Oh my gosh. I dove in head first, <laughs> started trying to learn everything I could possibly learn. I had been looking for, I'd been living in Atlanta, Georgia for a few years at that point. And I'd been looking for a spiritual ghosty kind of community like I had previously had um, living previously in uh, New York and I couldn't find one but after that day suddenly they were easy to find Mm. suddenly I found all these communities I found uh, witch covens I found meetups it was like 
once I realized what I was looking for, it became so much easier to find. I mean, which kind of sounds obvious, but I had really been searching even for these woo-woo kinds of communities before that day. And I thought they just didn't exist where I was living and they were all over the place. Um, and oh gosh, I just, I started to get every training I could get my hands on training in channeling. I met with different uh, covens to explore different paths of witchcraft. I did a month's long training in shamanism, like wow. anything I could get my hands on. It's just, um, it just became insatiable. Wow. And I started very quickly to realize that although I'd spent my entire adult life working for an academic career and I was just finally starting it, um, I realized I couldn't do that the rest of my life. And I thought I needed a career that was also spiritual in nature. So I started to move away from the career <laughs> that I was just barely beginning and, and trying to think about what is a spiritual path for me that is both personal and professional? Hmm. I thought, you know, it's interesting that you were a professor in women's history because it seems like you already knew this journey was going to happen without you realizing it because you were like building yourself up to know like, you know, women's rights, the history of women, how they were mistreated. And there you are being a witch. Exactly. You know, and for a long time, I didn't know how, like what you just described and the way that, that these two things connect, I couldn't see that for a long time because I felt like the intellectual life was so different than the spiritual life. And I had a, 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 a life slash business coach for a few years. Um, and she was like, Carrie, it's so obvious. It's all the same thing. And I was like, no, it is not. And then finally I was like, oh, it's all the same thing. This is all about resurrecting women's lost voices, whether mm -hmm. I was doing it in the classroom historically, or I'm doing it spiritually, right? So much of this path of witchcraft, of paganism, of spirituality, we, we so much associate with femininity, yeah. And with power that women used to have. Now, as a historian, I have to say, I think that spiritualists and particularly witches can really romanticize the past in a way that they shouldn't. Um, there was, I don't think that there was ever a golden goddess age as much as we want to think that there was. But um, mm. I do think that this is something that is available to everybody. But I think a lot of women are kind of extra open to it, extra, um, uh, what's the word, adept at these spiritual tools. And so I think that it, it is just like resurrecting women's voices and power historically in the classroom, right, in an intellectual sense. This work is also about resurrecting our own power personally, because I think that that happens when we embark upon this path, right, in the here and now and the present. But it is also connecting to an ancient lineage of healers mm -hmm. and spiritualists and intuitives, so many of whom were women. You know what, as you were saying that, I was already thinking, like, the academia side is giving the information about the lost souls or the women who kind of rose up or like the pain they went through but then you're doing the like the work that you do now is the healing side right 
Right, right. But it's happening for here, for, for us in the here and now as individuals, yeah. right? I, because I think that when you connect to your intuition, when you do find um, a, a fulfilling spiritual path for yourself, yes, it absolutely is healing and I think empowering. Yeah. It's so fascinating how you've blended both because I, I really understand it because I'm I'm an ex-journalist and, you know, I loved like health stories. That was my thing. And then I walked away in 2012 away from it. And I never realized that how I would link journalism to what I'm doing now. Like I do healing work, but I also I, you know, the work that I do is with the podcast, with speaking. So it's all mm -hmm. kind of intertwined. But the people I interview is all about healing before it wasn't that. So it's so interesting how what we do in our past actually helps us in the future. Right. It's all the same essence, yeah. right? It's expressed differently or manifested differently, but it sounds like we we've both been focused on kind of one essence throughout these different paths. You, for, for you healing for me, you know, women's empowerment or feminism or whatever word you want to use. Yeah. So how are you helping women to live magical lives? Um, I've been exploring and experimenting now for several years, um, but again, in ways that really align um, with with my previous incarnation as a as an academic. Um, I've been creating online courses in intuitive development, um, uh, working with the goddess, things like that. I created an online community of it. it it, this wasn't my intention, but it turned out to be women who I would call beginners, beginner witches, um, women who are interested, but not really sure what to do with that. And then once they came into the community, we're like, oh, this is what I am, you know, like my moment in 2013. And so that's just been so beautiful because there have been so many women who have said exactly that, like, oh, I found myself oh, this is what I've been meant to do this whole time. And so it's just been really beautiful. Um, and, and actually, uh, very recently, I launched a new project um, that really helps me to connect with my writing and really the intellectual side of myself, um, I think even more. And that is as a writing and creative consultant to spiritual and wellness entrepreneurs. Um, so I've really um, just recently launched uh, in support of other women who are also trying to bring this stuff into the world, as I say, trying to shine their light into the world um, and supporting their writing um, uh, and, and like social media work and, and things like that. And it's been so much fun because I feel like I'm still involved in the woo-woo spiritual stuff and operating in those kinds of communities, but really able to engage my intellectual side and my writing expertise, because I'm also a published author. Um, so it feels very balanced and integrated to me. So it's been so much fun. Nice. And I just want to go back to something that you said about you realizing you like about the paganism. How can I put this? <laughs> um think of the right word um it's almost like you were coming back home to yourself but coming back home to your female ancestors yes 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 and that ancestral component has been really important on my journey i i'm i'm sure i haven't even scratched the surface of it but um 
really accompanying me um, through this journey since 2013 has been ancestral healing, has been the voice, the voices and the energies of my female ancestors in ways that I would have never, ever expected. Um, and th- I mean, I don't know how much you want me to say about that, but Go for it. Yeah. It is, it's, it's been a really powerful thing. Um, when this um, awakening first happened, I, I started meditating a lot and I was having like wild meditations, <laughs> uh, like <laughs> learning about um, past lives that I was able to verify at least at various details through research and crazy, crazy stuff. And pretty soon into this, my paternal grandmother started showing up in all of my meditations. <gasps> But she was just sitting there. She never said anything. And I I knew her very well. Well, let me say I spent a lot of time with her growing up because she just lived down the street. But I didn't have a really close relationship with her. She was very sick. um, And I just wasn't emotionally close to her. What ended up happening over time was a series of synchronicities brought me um, on a trip to meet her last living sibling who was in her nineties, um, living in another state on the other side of the country. Um, and my sister was a part of this cause she's, she's really in touch with the ancestors. Um, we went and met my grandmother's last living sister. It was like, we had known each other forever. We developed a close relationship in her last year. I learned a lot about my grandmother I have so much of a a better, more intimate, more affectionate relationship with my grandmother now. She died 30 years ago. Wow. I feel like I know her so much more. I feel so close to her. We have developed a relationship. Me, I say we, my sister and I, with our great grandmother, who we never knew in life but we feel that she communicates with us. We can feel her energy. It has been so magical and powerful and transformative. And I, I'm not going to get into some of the details here because it's, some of them are, are pretty difficult, but I, I got messages from her and about her in meditation about things that she went through in her life that I had never heard before and couldn't verify, but over the years, one way or another, through various synchronicities and various living people, I have confirmed a lot of what I have learned from her in meditation about her life, her experiences, um, uh, the traumas that she endured um, that I was first told about in meditation. Wow. I so I've learned. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been wild. I have learned so much about my family and my ancestors. I mean, talk about healing. Mm. It's been, it's been powerful. Wow. It's so, yeah, I have no words right now. (laughs) It's so powerful. Um, I understand it because I I connect with my grandma who's, who's no longer. Um, Uh And I talk to her, she guides me, she shows me the way and it's a very deep loving connection. And I find sometimes like I, I had a great, I had a great relationship with my grandma, but I know some of my clients and people I know don't always have that with certain family members, but yeah. the moment they transcend 
that love changes, that love grows because they're mm. in a different world where there's no judgment or shame or guilt. It's more about seeing you for who you are. Um, yes. Yes. And I've had situations with other family members where I was treated badly by one of them or they just didn't understand me. And when they transcended, they were like, now I understand what you were doing. Now yeah. I get it. And yes. I think that's what is so beautiful is that we can have these connections even after they've transcended. And actually everything is about love. It's just yeah. society and all these patterns like, like mesh everything up. But really everybody came here to be loved. And yes. even if we don't receive it in this lifetime from that person, doesn't mean we can't receive it after they've gone. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, this has become really important to me. Um, and I'm actually working on a book now about, you know, for, unfortunately I've experienced a series of losses over the last several years uh-huh. and through those losses, I have so much of a different relationship to the spirit world and death and grief. And I feel like I learned such powerful lessons um, at the bedside of two people very close to me in particular, the, the dying bedside of two people in particular. And then of course the communications from them after <laughs> they left their bodies. And so I'm really thinking about this idea of grief on a micro level, on a personal level in the midst of grieving a dying world, um, mm-hmm. which I, I also started to do parallel um, while I was experiencing these personal losses. And so I'm actually working on a book exploring all of this. And I realized that one of the things that I really want to do, one of the ways that I want to help people and and help them heal is to open up conversations about death and the afterlife and what death is or is not. Mm -hmm. And is it really what we've been taught and how do we connect? How do we remain connected to our loved ones when they're out of their bodies? Because for a long time, I felt like, you know, when somebody told me they had a loved one who died, I would say, oh, I'm sorry. And I really wanted to, I would want to grab them and say, you know, they're not dead, right? Yeah. Like, I know it's horrible. Trust me. I am, yeah. Today is the second year anniversary of my father's passing. I know how difficult it is, but I I just wish I could share with people the realization that death isn't what we think it is, that they're still here. And and that's a lot of the work that I want to do going forward. And that's a lot of the work that I hope to accomplish um, uh, with this book that I'm working on. That's powerful. And yeah, I I 100% agree with what you're saying, because like when I lost certain family members, like I had a few at the same time as well. I used to ignore it and then obviously the grief came (laughs) and I had no choice but to heal it and um, as I was healing it I would start to see like a robin or I'd start to see a different type of bird or a you know a different type of animal and I realized actually that's them talking to me in different ways so it'd be like grandma what do you think today and then like a robin would just turn up and I'd be like oh what do you think about that and that another like animal would turn up or a squirrel would turn up. Um, But also like, this is going to sound a bit woo-woo as well, but (laughs) that's who we are. Um, But when I wanted an answer from my grandma, sometimes I couldn't hear her voice in the beginning. I would put my pen to paper and I kid you not, the pen would move and she would give me the answer. And I'd be like, oh my God, what the hell is this? But now I know it's normal for me because it's just her talking through me. Um, 
but it can be so scary when you don't know <laughs> what's going on but it's so yeah. magical that you're right then they've never gone it's just the soul um the body's gone but the soul is always there the soul is always with you around you they're they're always there to guide you and they're they're, they're like a spirit for you like a spirit um not spirit what's the word um an angel i know even an angel what's the word a guide a gu- that's guide. it yeah a spirit yeah. guide to to help you and support you on your journey yes yes and and that's just something again especially with my losses I mean, it's part of my own healing to mm-hmm. keep reminding myself that they're not gone. And, and, and I want to open up a space for other people to be able to acknowledge this stuff and talk about it um, be- because we're all going through it <laughs> one way or another, sooner or later, we all go through it. And I, I feel like our mainstream culture doesn't, doesn't give us space for this. Mm-hmm. Um and I, and I think we could heal and we could be so much happier and we could feel so much safer in this very scary world if we understood that this is not it, yeah. that the, the veil is so thin, the veil is so thin um, and that they're here, they're with us, they don't die and we're not going to die and it's all going to be okay I, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say anything about what <laughs> right now. Um, Cause I don't want to give energy to that, but um, yeah, no matter what happens, we're all going to be okay because our, our spirits are safe. Yeah. I just want to add as well that sometimes the grief that we can feel inside of us might not be somebody passing, but actually it can be grief that can be passed down through generations. So say your mother lost somebody that grief can then be passed down or your great grandma or your grandma and sometimes you have to heal that grief as well without realizing what it is. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I actually went through that with the grandmother I was describing for years. I had this sense of displacement mm. um, and I, w- I moved a bunch of times, like trying to get happy with my place, literally where I was. And then I would feel this overwhelming grief for the place I left, even though I thought that was the right <laughs> decision to leave. <laughs> And, and, and then I discovered one, once I learned all of this about my grandmother, I learned of her tremendous sense of displacement that I never knew about when she wow. was alive. Um, and I, I think where she, where she wanted to be versus where she had to live. Um, and yeah, yeah. It, I think it's, I think it's just that realization that it's probably not mine, mm-hmm. I think is healing to me and healing to her, right? Because it, it gives it some, some sunlight and it gives it some air and some acknowledgement and an understanding of her pain that I'm not sure many people acknowledged when she was alive. Wow. Wow. I'm just going to say as well, there was something that just popped in my head when you were saying that. Um, it's slightly different, but um, we already know what we're here to do in this world. We already know who's helping us and who's guiding us so for example within our names our names have meaning to what we're here to do um Mm -hmm. so in my lineage like within the Sikh side is warrior women it's all about equality and rights for women that Mm -hmm. I I grew up and I've always had this like fighting energy and like people around me like why are you fighting so much it it was it was because I wanted things to be fair Mm -hmm. and you know I went on my journey I left the journalism world I did start doing my healing I ended up becoming a life coach, but not knowing why, and then ended up becoming helping highly sensitive women. But I never knew why I was doing that. And a few years later, 
I discovered my first name, which means so my, my nickname is Gerds, but my first name is actually Gerdeep. So Gerdeep means um, teacher of the light, helping people out of the darkness and into their light. Wow. Yeah. My middle That's name, so it is, it's, it's, it's so crazy, like, and powerful. My middle name is Kaur, which means princess. And my surname means is Handel, which is warriors. So I was here to help women come out of the darkness into their light and be a warrior. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like the messages are all around us. Our ancestors are there to guide us. Everything is all around us. It's whether we're willing to listen, just like your, you know, the witch's side, the paganism has been in your ancestry for generations, but you were the one to bring it back out. Right. And then, so that heals backwards and forwards. Yes. Yeah. But so many, so many of us don't realize how powerful our names are. Like I used to not like my name growing up. I was like, oh, but now I understand why it's so powerful. And I feel like right. your name and the work that you do is very powerful in your lineage. Right, right, right. And, and, and all of these, the names, the words, the symbols, simply mm. acknowledging the truth of our ancestors' existence, of our own existence, right? That's all energy. Yeah. It all holds energy. And we have the power to direct that energy, right? There's energy in keeping secrets and, and hiding the traumas of our ancestors. That's what so many of us, what, what's been handed down. And that was definitely what was handed down for me. And, you know, and, and sort of uncovering these very difficult stories and experiences that I now know my grandmother experienced, um, you know, I, I, my, my sister who's been on this journey with me, like she said, what are we supposed to do with this? What are we supposed to do with this information? And I said, I don't know that we're supposed to do anything. The fact that we now know it and we are recognizing her for who she was, simply saying it even amongst ourselves is healing to her. Ooh. We don't have to do anything more because it's all energy and shining a light on it. You know, uh, the names, the words, the language, the speaking or the silence, it's all power and energy. And we, we, we get to decide, right? If we want to, we can consciously decide what we want to do with that energy. Do we feed into the silence or do we feed into the airing it out, speaking it? saying the names, saying the words, telling the stories. Wow. Gosh, women are so powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. It it makes so much sense why you would, you did become um, a lecturer, why you would, you were talking about women and their history because you needed to learn your own history. Right. Oh my God. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Again, that, um, the, the overlapping, the sameness of what I thought were these different paths, right? I hadn't even thought about it that way. So much of the work, the spiritual work that I've been doing since my awakening has been in uncovering personal women's history within my own family. Mm. And what is so fascinating? Yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's the divine talking. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm just going to say like 
the thing with history as well is like it's been so misconstrued as well that we as women don't know what the truth is so like in our history like we there's a lot of unforgotten voices that we don't know about and so that's why we need to go back home to ourselves to know our own history with women because that are the those are the best stories for us to know how to be empowered because history it's misconstrued if you look at it it's been designed to not give women their power absolutely right the right i mean speaking of words and names the literal writing of history who tells the stories who writes the history books they're the ones with the power Hmm. and for most of history that has not been women for most of history that has not been gay or trans people um or certainly um at least in the west and definitely in the united states that has not been people of color right um so Yes, just speaking the words, telling the stories imparts so much power. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That was divine intervention right there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. We are coming towards the end of the show. Gosh, just, yeah. Wow. Um, I've got a few more questions left for you. Um, The first one is, what's your five top tips for someone who wants more love in their life, but they really don't know where to start? Okay. So if I were to give five tips, I am not going to talk about romance. I'm not going to talk about getting married or anything like that. Um, The first thing that comes to mind is connection to self. Um, I think that's the core of love. Um, Working on that relationship with yourself, particularly trust in yourself. The more you can trust in yourself, the more you can love yourself. The more you love yourself, the more you can love everybody around you and feel worthy of receiving love from others. I would say, um, you know, piggybacking on that notion of trust in yourself is knowledge of yourself, being curious about yourself, um, realizing that you are interesting enough and worthy enough to get to know, right? That's an act of love um, that can, I, I think, absolutely ripple out into your life. Um, I think a sense of spiritual connection provides a foundation of love for your entire life so that, right, if you have these two things, a sense of spiritual connection and a sense of self-love, you have a foundation of love that can carry you through your life, even if you're completely alone. Um, You know that that love is always there, that divine love, the love of your ancestors, etc., I think connecting with nature brings out so much love for so many people. It allows you to feel small. It allows you to understand the vastness of the world. Um, And then expanding out from there, the universe. And again, just connecting to that universal spiritual love. Um, So being in nature. Um, And then I would say, really related to all of this, but faith, faith in your path faith in why you're here. And I think faith, again, I'm thinking about the people I've lost and how I've navigated this grief the last few years, faith that we made these choices for ourselves before we got here. Our spirits made these choices. So when these people left, as hard as it was, it's because their souls needed to leave at that time. So that faith allowed me to have acceptance and continue to stay in a place of love and peace 
and as hard as it was and continues to be, um, allowed me to focus on like, okay, how do, how do I work with this new dynamic in our relationship, right? Because they're still here. So how do I maintain this relationship and, and just stay in a, in a sense of love and peace for all that is? Beautiful. And what are you most grateful for? Oh my gosh. Um, well, anytime I make a list of gratitudes, my daughter is always at the top of it. Um, you know, I think as any parent can, can attest, like nothing matters, um, if your kid's not okay. And if they are okay, everything else is fine. (laughs) So I I'm so grateful for that, but really, I mean, I know we're talking a lot about spirituality and such, but I'm so grateful for my spirituality. Um, Again, I lost my dad two years ago today. I do not know how I would have survived that without my spirituality, my spiritual faith, my belief that allowed me to get a greater sense of acceptance um, and maintain some sanity. Beautiful. He's always there with you. He's always guiding you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I can feel it in the podcast today as well. He's really there. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And what shines your inner lights? Oh gosh. Um, I feel like my light shines when I'm able to be what I think I came here to be, which is a teacher, a teacher and a communicator. I mean, they're, they're, they're so related. Um, I think that that's what I'm good at. I think that's a, that's what I came here for. And that's definitely where I see people responding to me and, and telling me that I've helped them in some way. So I, I feel like that's what my light is about in this lifetime. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Kerry, for being the show and just being yourself and sharing uncomfortable truths. I think it was so powerful. You're just sharing the wisdom of the darkness and the light that we all we all have. Well, thank you so much. It's been so lovely to talk to you. Wow, what an interview. There's so much magic within women and we just need to tap into that wisdom from within and know our history and come back home to ourselves. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. How you love yourself is how you teach others to love you. That's a quote by Rupi Kaur. Take care, my sisters. Bye. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at girdshandle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit.